Welcome into this Five Clubs conversation. I'm Gary Williams. It was a year ago, literally this week, that everything regarding Live Golf and the PGA Tour came to a head because of the comments attributed to Phil Mickelson and the forthcoming biography about him by Alan Shipnuck that got released. And all these players that we knew that were going, a lot of them got scared and balked and stepped back from it. So the PGA Tour went to the Players' Championship and you're there declaring that it's dead. And I'm saying all along, no, they're not. They're not dead. Well, here we are a year later. And they're alive. And I don't necessarily sure how well they are, but there are a lot of very, very good and big-name players that made the choice. One of them is going to join me here in a second. Somebody who has won a major championship. Somebody who has been a star on a European Ryder Cup team. And somebody who was absolutely going to do network television. That last part is not likely going to happen. Not soon. Maybe not ever. Why? And how does he feel about it? The person I'm talking about is Graham McDowell. Affable, likable, well-respected. How about his journey over the last year? And what's going to happen next? All of that is coming up on my conversation with him right now. With that, we welcome in the 2010 U.S. Open champion. I mentioned Ryder Cup hero as well, Graham McDowell. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Gary. Always, always good to catch up with you, buddy. It's been too long. It has been. I, you know, it it has been too long considering the fact that I wasn't texting you Sunday night saying who do you like, who do you got, <laughs> who did you have? I, you know what? I, I was flipping back and forward. I had Chiefs because that's, you know, what my brain was telling me. And then the heart was telling me the Eagles. And to be honest with you, I ended up getting onto an Emirates flight. I was on my way back to the Middle East and the flight took off at like 4 a.m. And I had all these ambitions. I'm like, I'm going to have a few beers and I jump on a plane and I'm going to like sit there and watch it. I think I passed out midway through second quarter. I just, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. It was just so late. So uh, I watched the highlights a little bit there yesterday. I've actually, I haven't seen the second half yet. So once I get off this call, I'm going to dial in and, and see exactly what happened. But I think I have Eagles in the under. So I think that's called a loser and a loser. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it seemed like it was a great Super Bowl. It was. It was. It was too bad. Uh, you know, fouls a foul at the end of the game. It's too bad it got marred because they were going to, you know, they were going to kick a field goal. And I, I just wanted Philly because Hertz played so damn good. I wanted him to have a chance with the ball to maybe tie it, send it overtime because it was it was like an overtime type game. But I was thinking about you because I know how much you you, you like it. Uh, and I've got another question on that much much later on. Let, let me get to let me get to like the last year. I mentioned in the open, it's been a hell of a twelve months, um, and it was a year ago um, for for everybody. Like when this came to a head at Riviera, and you're going, oh gosh, this thing's going to happen. I'm just curious for you because you're. You're somebody who, you're plugged in. You, you read about stuff. You listen to people. I, I want to ask you, what have you learned about yourself in the last year? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question, Gary. I say, and um, the last 12 months has been crazy. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And, and, and I actually, I hate where we are. I hate where we are in the game because, because I love the game, you know. And um, I hate that uh, we've been fragged the way we have because um, – you know, to me, it's not fair to the fan, really, you know, and 
And, you know, Liv, Liv has obviously been extremely divisive. But I think inevitably it's it's a product that the fans going to love. And, and I think it's a product that has a place in the game, you know. And, and I think that's the bottom line, really. And from my own personal point of view, um, you know, like I say, it's been a very difficult time because I've always been a guy that, that had, that's, that's had a great fan base that, you know, has had phenomenal relationships in this sport um uh, that i've spent years and years cultivating and and to be honest with you most of those relationships are in great shape to this day um you know i i understand that um certain partners of have had to you know distance themselves a little bit from the toxic nature of what's been going on um but you know i've really maintained i i feel like a good relationship with most of the people that have taken care of me in this game to this point um but what have I learned about myself? I guess I've learned about myself that, you know, I'm sensitive because, you know, I care about what people think. And, and I think uh, that's made it very difficult the last year. Um, you know, there's players on both sides. Um, you know, I, I say sides. I mean, I hate that it's sides, but live PGA Tour, European Tour, whatever you want to call it, that are less sense and they can get on with their job um, and, and, and not really care what people think. But, you know, like I say, unfortunately, I found out about myself that I do care. And and I, I do think I, I take things personally. You know, I, I've said some things that I, I'd like to, you know, take back. You know, did I say them because um, they were wrong things to say? No, I, I said them because I was trying to answer questions that when I look back were incredibly difficult to answer. You know, impossible to answer, in fact, to the point where... I shouldn't even have tried, you know, and then you and I have, you know, I've spoken a few times on this and try to jump on here and support you because, you know, I always want to support you and what you're doing. And I wanted to have this conversation with you six months ago, but it was just so difficult to do, you know, because like I say, I was taking things. I was, I, I was sensitive to what people thought and what people were saying about me and my decision to go and play live golf. Um, and like I say, I, I would take back a few of the things that I basically, I would have just, I wouldn't have changed any of my answers. I would have just said nothing. And I, and I think that's, that, that's the key here, really, because, you know, I do feel like there is a place in the sport for live. Um, uh, and, you know, do I wish we would have ended up here in a very different way? Yes, of course I do. I wish this would have all been, it would have been a plug and play. And, you know, the golfing ecosystem could have worked congruently. Um, and, and that we could all be getting along in one huge, fun golf package that, that everyone appreciates, you know. But there's no doubt, um, you know, we're not there. And, you know, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping this gets fixed and, and we all move on. But I, I, I have a funny feeling it'll take some years, which is disappointing. But uh, like I say, for, for what, what have I learned about myself, getting back to the question, um, like I say, that sensitivity is, I, I, I wish I wish it was different. Mm-hmm. Um but um, it, it kind of is who I, uh, you know, I am who I am. Um, I still have great friends in the sport that I, that I, you know, will always be there. And, uh, you know, subject, you know, I think contrary to what people believe, I mean, I, it really hasn't affected too many of my relationships in the sport. I, I still love everyone. Um, you know, I love to see my friends out there competing, um, winning tournaments and, uh, you know, I, I think I think most players understand 
why a player in my position would have taken the live opportunity. You know, I'm 43 years old. You know, I lost my card at the end of 18 in the PGA Tour. I won it back, you know, by winning, you know, Dominican Republic in 19. Um, started playing pretty good into 20 and then hit the COVID wall and, and honestly played 18 months of the worst golf I have probably my whole career right out of COVID. And, um, you know, it was, it was there were no guarantees in the sport. You know, I think uh, when something came along and offered me nothing but upside, um, it was a very compelling opportunity at that point in my career. Not that I thought I was done. You know, certainly not sitting here saying that, but I, I was certainly feeling like, you know, it was uphill up, you know, so it was, it was definitely, you know, really swimming into the current. If you like, it was difficult. And, um, you know, all of a sudden an opportunity comes along, um, you know, like I said, nothing but upside. And, and, you know, I spent a long time weighing this opportunity up, calling the people I respect in the game of golf, speaking to my partner, speaking to my friends, speaking to my family, um, understanding the things I'd be potentially walking away from you know, weighing that all up with the pros and cons. And um, I felt like I felt like it was the right opportunity for me and, and um, a great financial opportunity, scheduling opportunity to where, you know, I, I could spend more time with my family when, you know, my kids are six and eight and 14, where, you know, it's a chance to spend more time with them. You know, all the cliche reasons that people like to jump on and, and kind of ridicule when, you know, like I said, for a guy at 43 years old, you know, running out of time in the sport, um, it was a great chance. And um, I'm very, I sit here very, very happy with the opportunity that's ahead of me this year, the schedule that's ahead of me this year. Uh, and like I say, I certainly, you know, it's been a, it's been a, certainly a very interesting 12 months, but, uh, you know, I, I stand strong on where I'm at and, and I'm very happy with where I'm at. The, um, you know, knowing you in terms of, you know, you are you have you have not only put your toe in the water, you have gone all in on other projects. And I'm talking about it as a businessman. And in order to do that, uh, you have to do your homework. Um, and so I ask you not about about the particulars of, of what you got, but you mentioned about about hearing stuff from somebody and, and you have a reputation of of affability and engagement um, and likability that you have not experienced a lot of backlash in your life. People like you. Your social media is is actually you. There's an authenticity to it. Um, so you could not have been prepared to hear things that you've never heard before. You're not 25. You just mentioned you're 43. Was there anything said by anybody that you know that hurt you? No. No, I, I, I really feel like you know, most of the hurtful things were said by by people that don't understand the inside of the sport, you know, and I think as I sit here six months on from the probably the height of the backlash, you like, uh, you know, I think I, I realize now that most of the people with the opinions don't really understand exactly what it is we do every day. They don't exactly understand the, the, the nature of relationships that we have with partners and the tours, and, you know, all the things that kind of you know, are very much inside of the ropes. Um, you know, I really feel like, you know, people's opinions are swayed by the headlines they see when we all know that those headlines are not necessarily factual at times. Um, they're very opinion-based at times. And, and frankly, they're, you know, they're sensationalized at times as well. So people, you know, are very swayed by that. And, you know, we all know 
you know, the ability that the media has, you know, where we're at in the world these days. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been, a, like I said, it's been very hard, but, you know, I feel more confident in myself nowadays because I feel like the people that are aiming the negativity my way are not educated enough to, to be able to hurt me anymore because, um, you know, I understand the logistics of the sport much more than they do. I, you know, I've, I've done my time. I, you know, I've, I've had great relationships. I've cultivated those relationships. I've tried to be a good pro all my career, and I continue to be a good pro. And and that's really all I can do. And uh, like I say, you know, thankfully there are people smarter than me at the top of the sport, the powers that be in the sport that will will figure this all out eventually. But um, no, has anyone close to me said anything that's really hurt me? No. Uh, I, I really don't feel that way. Like I say, I, I, the stuff I got sensitive about was really from people that I that I should never have been getting sensitive about, you know. And, and like I say, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a real person. I, I've always sort of worn my heart my sleeve a little bit. I've always said the truth, you know, when it comes to speaking to the media um, for, for, you know, for good or wrong or for, for, for good or bad, you know. And like I say, uh, you know, during the summer last year, representing Live Golf uh, on a tour that I, you know, was 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 part of and believed in and wanted to see grow, representing them and and, and trying to answer the un- answerable questions. Um, you know, it was a very difficult time, uh, and like I say, the media was swaying people in direction that uh, that meant that um, there was a lot of negativity, my you know, way to my direction. Um, but like I say, I think um, the people who know me within this sport understand why I'm here. The uh, the cross-section of, of, like, the live roster is there are a lot of really accomplished players. Um, and then some, like yourself, to a degree, facing golf mortality, whether it's you, Poulter, Stenson. You know all the – I mean, we, we, can go, we can go through the whole roster. And then there are, there are young guys that want a chance. Um, and then there are guys like Cam Smith – who's in prime of prime. Now, I'm not asking you to speak for them. I'm asking you to speak for yourself if you can. Would 2012 Graham McDowell have done this? It's hmm. <laughs> a good question. I forgot, I forgot how good you are at this stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that is the honest, uh, is the honest response. Um, like I said, for, for me in my position 12 months ago, not going to say it was a complete no-brainer because it wasn't a complete no-brainer there was a lot of a lot of people that i spoke to at the high levels of the sport there was a lot of um like i said there was a lot of things that i knew i was potentially walking away from from forever be that a Ryder cup involvement in any way shape or form player assistant captain captain whatever that may be and i care a lot about that you know a potential career in media you know what, what does that look like you know the great partners that you know, the, you know, the PGA Tour, have, for example, you know, that I respect, have huge respect for, you know, CBS, NBC, you know, partners like that, you know, potential relationships there, um, you know, just all the partners, the relationships that I've cultivated through the years, you know, MasterCard, RBC, Srixon, uh, Worldwide Technology, you know, all of these partners happen to be PGA Tour partners as well. So I put them in a really tough position. I communicated, I was transparent with them. I did the best job I could do. Um, so yeah, uh, it wasn't a no-brainer. It was a it was a calculated, you know, still a leap of faith because you know you're jumping into a startup that you have no idea 
where it's going to go. Um, but I felt like they're, you know, the PIF, um, their love of the sport of golf, um, their passion for the sport of golf, and the kind of their vision and, and, and their, you know, their ability to be able to, you know, be able to weather storms like they have um, to, to keep live golf kind of moving through negativity. So, I, you know, I, I believed in their ability to do that. So that was really, you know, kind of where the leap of faith kind of, you know, I, I had the confidence to do it in the end. But um, would I have done this in 2012? You know, I was obviously in a very different spot in the game. I was a young man, just got, you know, just about to get married. Um, I don't know, you know, impossible to say. You know, I, and like you said during the question, you know, obviously I can't speak for the younger players, the Cam Smiths of the world who are at the absolute height of their powers. Um, Yeah, the the only thing that I would say is that the sport of golf, and and this is what people don't know um, that sit behind their TVs watching us, they, they don't realize the, you know, the pressure, the, um, the grind, the, um, the travel, the, you know, the, the absolute commitment level that it takes to be the best at the sport. Um, some players deal with it better than others. Um, some players embrace it and love it. And, you know, you get a guy like say VJ Singh, you know, who's still out there today doing it and working his ass off and absolutely, you know, I, I, I'm pulling him randomly out of the air just because he's the first guy that popped into my head. But there are certain players out there that don't want to do that until they're 55, 60. They, they just don't want to do it. You know, they, they love golf, but they find it, they find it a game that really requires a lot of them. They have to give so much of themselves. And so, you know, that's just a kind of, to me, a, a, a sort of look into potentially why some players um, may see their path their journey being shorter um they just want to get in do the best they can do and, and get out again you know the the byron nelson kind of uh <laughs> adage if you like you know and, and and i still believe that in the 21st century here in 2023 that there are still players that you watch on tv or they're absolutely at the height of their powers that don't see themselves playing the game of golf until they're 40 until they're 50 you know so when they get an opportunity say like like live golf presented last year um they're like this is my this is my short path this is my runway and this is what i want to do and you know not every player like i say is like a vj saying who sees who just sees this as a as as a lifestyle as something that they um you know want to do until they're 60 years old they want to do forever you know so that, that that's to me just a that's a Again, that's a personality trait. I'm not aiming now that anyone in particular, and that's not necessarily me. That I, you know, I'm not speaking for myself there. I'm really plucking that out of the air, just knowing guys, knowing the players, having seen guys come and go. That you know, to me, not everyone sees their runway into the into the sunset. You know, they see that shorter. They want to get off at an exit and go home and uh, and live the rest of their life with the pressure, without the you know, without the absolute commitment level that that a sport provide, you know, that a sport requires of you to be the best. The, um, you, you said the PIF, um, and, and this has been this, they, they've taken this carcass down to the bone. So I'm not, I'm not going to waste time or spend time on this, but I, I do want to ask you because, um, you'll, you'll tell me what you think the public investment fund for so many people, it's where the money's coming from. Um, and you're not going to get, 
a lot of people pass that. And, and, and I would tell everybody on that side or whatever side it is, you're going to die trying because you're just not going to. You said they love golf. Down to your soul. You think they love golf. I mean, I, obviously I don't know the personnel within PIF very deeply. All I can speak for is Yasser, who is, you know, our CEO, the, the, the visionary behind Live Golf. Um, yes, I've played golf with him. I know he loves the game. I know he's passionate about the sport and it's all, you know, he, he, he loves being out there in the range and, you know, he's surrounded by 48 of the best players in the world. And, you know, he, you know, one of, one of the, one of the funniest things I heard them say lately at a dinner was please stop giving me golf tips, you know, because, you know, I've, I've got 48 of the best coaches in the world throwing tips my way, but no, you know, yes, he loves the sport of golf. I know he does. I've looked the guy in the eye. I've listened to him. I've listened to him talk about it. It's, it's, it's it, live golf is an investment for these guys. There's no doubt about that. And they see a future, they see an ROI, they see, they see this as a, 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 a financially viable structure. Um, people will look at it to this point and say, how can that possibly be? You know, they're, you know, it's, it's, it's a bottomless pit of money that they're throwing into this black hole of golf when, you know, there, there's no, doubt they, need this to be financially viable when i say that the pif is is not a vehicle that is trying to get into golf um to lose money this is a this is a venture that needs to be financially viable for them um there's no doubt there's going to be some short-term pain um regards the investment that is required um but the the, the the 12 team franchise models um creating those franchises and turn them into hundred plus million dollar franchises um is it, it's, it's something that um that, that they believe is viable and, and and i agree i think it's going to take some time to for, for for the world of golf to kind of buy into the product and see the the, the you know the the kind of a success of the product and see guys getting into the team model side of thing but um but no i mean to, to answer the question simply yes you know uh, Yasser loves the game of golf, the passionate about it. Um, in Saudi Arabia, you know, the, the game of golf is something that they they want for the people. And, um, you know, having high-level world-class players come to play events in Saudi uh, all over the world um, associated with them is, 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 is something they believe in. The, um, you know, no, no good business wants to lose money, but they're, you know the term lost leader. Um, and you're not a cynic but you're curious. So when you hear the opposition and I've, you know, learning about vision 2030 and, and not relying on petroleum and where, where, you know, the, their economy is going and an imaging and brand of what they might be post petroleum dependent. Uh, have you spent any time looking at God? Are they just, are they just using us? Um, I mean, honestly, no, I mean, the, the world's a scary place right now. I really, I really, you know, I live in America, you know, you know, my wife's American. I, you know, that this is home for me. And, you know, it's, you know, I certainly feel like I follow politics more than I ever did the last 10 years of my life, just because it's, it's a crazy, it's in your face. 
it's 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 crazy stuff, you know. And and I feel like people people are fairly fed up with the establishment. Uh, they're fairly fed up with um, you know, kind of where you know where where governments are right now and the corruption levels and, and you know and and I. You know, I wish I wish I'd have spent more time at school learning about this stuff. I really do because you know it's 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 so difficult to be able to quantify and learn and understand kind of where the world's at, and and how does a country like Saudi Arabia plug into the world, the, the general direction that the world's moving in? You know, because the oil, you know, the debate over oil and and the prices and Russia and and kind of all of these things that we've seen kind of play out the last four or five years. Um, what does that mean? What does that mean to the world? I mean, obviously, oil is an incredibly valuable commodity that the oil, you know, that the world does not have an infinite amount of. And, and where do we go after that? And, and you know, like you say, how does a country like Saudi Arabia plug into all that, um, you know, China and Russia? And I, I you know, I, I don't know answers. I really don't, Gary. And, and it's difficult. And I try not to go down the rabbit hole because if you do, if you do go down that one, it's a, it's a very deep one, and you don't know what direction it's going to take you. You know, so you know, for me, I, I try to focus on the golf. I try to focus on kind of um, you know what live golf is and what it's trying to be, and and how can I uh, contribute to that product? And you know, I've I've tried to distance myself from the from the battles i guess that are way you know being waged between the pga tour and live and the european tour and live and 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 you know i i really try to focus on the players um you know i'm always curious to play with guys that are not on live and kind of to, to take their temperature regards what they think of it and kind of what what it, what they feel is doing to the game of golf and you know most of the time 99 percent of guys i bump into you know they would be there in a heartbeat, you know, and I think that's the bottom line. And, and, you know, I understand, you know, and I respect the guys that are not there and, and that are, that are flying the flags for, you know, the tours they believe in and, um, you know, doing a fantastic job, you know, you know, take Rory, for example, I mean, I, the way he's played the last 12 months, I, I can, I, I can hardly fathom it, you know, it's it, because he has done an incredible uh job protecting what he believes in mm. um and you know really has been out there front and center and and and, and talking about being sensitive being personal you know taking things personally like 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 i said at the start of this conversation that you know i find out about myself that i am sensitive i feel like rory is also sensitive and takes things personally to be able to you know take that energy and roll it up and you know focus in his golf it's just incredible i mean i have huge amounts of respect for him and you know i feel like um to me i i don't care what side guys are on i really don't i mean if, if lives not for them i totally respect that i just all i ask is that they respect kind of why i made the decision i can only take care of me um but i i totally have huge amounts of respect for for guys making their decisions playing where they want to play believing in what they believe in and um you know like i say single rory out because it's impossible not to it's an incredible 12 months for him and and um you know we'll hopefully sit down over a glass of wine someday somewhere and and, and you know look back at all this and hopefully hope you know like he said before you know the pif want to spend money in the game of golf why you know let's let the world of golf benefit from it you know, and I think, you know, I, I totally agree with that. And I still hope that we can all find a way where, you know, the game of golf can benefit from a 
from a nation that wants it, cares deeply about the sport, and that wants to make the game of golf better uh, via its vast resources. You know, so hopefully we can all still get there one day. The um, the the product itself, it's interesting. As somebody who you know likes to consume television, likes to consume broadcast golf television, like you have, um, you're you're interested in it. Um, have you been able like you're you're all on the golf course at the same time, so so how have you evaluated the way that the, the 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 product is being presented? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's you know uh, you, you make a great point. I I've you know because of the shotgun format, it, it's not like it's not like you play in the morning and you sit down in the afternoon and you know you pull for guys to make these. You know, it's that's that's typically how, how I grew up playing the sport. You know, but. Uh, and you, you end up watching a lot of the coverage and you might be sitting there on a Saturday morning, maybe going well in the tournament and you're catching up on some of the early coverage, trying to see what, what the course looks like, what it's playing like and stuff. But, uh, you know, I really haven't seen a whole live coverage. Um, you know, obviously having guys like Faraday on board, is, it obviously strengthens kind of what we have, but I, you know, someone described it to me as, you know, trying to drink from a fire hose, you know, because it comes at you pretty, pretty thick and fast. And I think, you know, I think that is obviously one of the differentiating facts. Uh, one of the differentiate differentiators about what we have is is the amount of golf happening at one time on the golf course, which, if presented cor- presented correctly, is an incredibly powerful experience for the viewer. Um, but I but I feel like you know, obviously, we're in the beginnings of a of a startup company here, and and you know, the you know, the broadsters, you know, uh, you, you know, way better than I do about that. I mean, how difficult it is to, to be, to have that volume of golf coming at you, you know, in, in minutes and, and trying to be able to tell the story correctly to the viewer as to what they're seeing and why it matters, you know? And I think as they get better and better um, at, at kind of telling that story and understanding kind of, the team element versus the individual element and all the different permutations are going on. You, you know, you end up becoming a little bit of a victim of your own product. There is so much going on at one time that it becomes difficult. You know, I, I think of the FedEx cup sort of right out, you know, as we're talking about that, you know, some, you know, four or five years ago when they're at East Lake and no one has any clue what's going on because there's limitations, you know, there's so, there, there, there's so many different angles, right. And, and the PGA tour have obviously been tr- trying to, you know, mess with that product to try and create a, a more um, understandable experience for the for the for the viewer. You know, so I I, I think that you know, live is certainly in this in, infantile stages when it comes to um, being able to present the broadcast correctly with the volume of, of activity that's happening. And and you know, this is me talking as a guy that actually hasn't really sat down and watched a whole lot of it. I'm only you know, sort of reacting to the opinions and feedbacks of, of friends and people that, that actually have a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of the broadcast. But I, you know, I do feel like the, the opportunity is there to, um, you know, create something that's very, very compelling. You know, our, our team championships in Miami at the end of last year, um, I thought they were fantastic. I really did. I mean, I, I, and I didn't have a chance to see any of the broadcast, but, um, you know, I watched a bit of the stroke play stuff on Sunday, which, you know, I'm not sure if that was, you know, you have all this great match play, team match play, and then you go to stroke play again. It's kind of like there's such a such a contrast there. But, you know, speaking from my own personal experiences, the, the two matches I was involved in um, 
you know, that it, they were like little mini Ryder Cup experiences. You know, they were just amazing. And, and I really enjoyed the format of the team championships. I thought it was fantastic. And I thought, you know, I, I really left Miami on a high about the product um, because I really did feel like, you know, that was why it was different um, creating, you know, the, the, the team bonds. Um, to me, you know, why the Ryder Cup's been so special, the President's Cup's been so special that guys playing for each other are so much greater than guys just playing for themselves. And, and I think um, being able to uh, embrace that on a week-to-week -week basis, 14 times a year, culminating with a team championship, I think there is something really tangible there. Um, you know, the viewer hasn't quite understood it yet, and I think it will take some time, but I feel like uh, it is different and it's real. Um, that was one of the things that I, my biggest takeaway from 2022 on live was how into the team stuff the guys were. Um, I thought, you know, we're playing for 20 million individually every week that guys weren't going to care at all about the team, but it was quite the opposite. To me, the individual thing was much number than the actual five million dollar team uh, prize money that the guys were pulling for each other from on a week-to-week -week basis I, I i was actually blown away by the engagement level that guys had regards the team and, and that for me was the single coolest thing about live last year was what was just how into guys were you know how into that the guys were and you know we'll hopefully continue to build on that this year as the as we go more into this franchise direct you know specific model um, and I look forward to kind of more of that this year because I really feel like, you know, $20 million individual events are becoming, you know, obviously Phoenix last week. Um, we're moving to Riviera. We're moving into Bay Hill. You know, $20 million is going to, you know, it's, it's, it's you know. Players in 25. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, exactly. You know, 8 and $10 million was phenomenal five years ago. Now all of a sudden <laughs> we've just gone, we've gone vertical again, you know, and, and, you know, you, you can argue that that's driven by competition, that's driven by you know, trying to get better, that's driven by tours trying to look after their players and be the best they can be. And, and you know, if nothing else comes out of this from, except a golf tour understanding what the player needs and, you know, that you got to take care of the best players and you got to reward the best players. I think, you know, if we if we get nothing else out of this journey, at least, at least we'll get that and players will have that little bit more protection and that little bit more guarantee and that little bit more appreciation of what they bring to the table. The fact that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're selling tickets and they're putting bums in chairs to watch TV, that they deserve rewarded for that. And, and you know, I feel like that's why we're here today in this divided kind of golf product because I'm not sure the player was looked after enough to this point. The, um, the product itself, like, look, I, first of all, you talk about on the television side, um, Keith is a world-class producer. Uh, you, have, you have credible voices. Um, you get golf shot after golf shot. Uh, this is just my view of it. This is not about being anti or pro, and it, and it leads to the question, like, I, I, for championship golf, you guys are aliens. You're different. So I want 72 holes. The other part is, and look, you've had to, you've had to wait until the end of the day. And that's one of the dynamics of elite professional golf. Go sleep on it. And you don't get to play the next morning. You don't get to play till 3 o'clock in the afternoon because you earned that final tee time. Those things are differentiators for me. And maybe it's, maybe it's archaic, but there, there's something about that. That's why the achievement to me is even greater. You didn't go out and start on the sixth hole and you catch a flyer 
and you shoot 64 and you look up and you won. Um, if there's one thing you could change about the current product, maybe you do, and maybe you guys have a lot of input. What would you change about what you currently do? You mean within the live product itself? Yes, yes. Um, and I do hear you, Gary, by the way, and I do feel like the tradition and the the 72 hole, three o'clock tee off and sleeping on the lead and, and there's absolutely no, there's no substitute for the pureness of that. And, um, and I don't think Liv was ever trying to replace that in a million years. To me, Liv sits as part of the golfer experience. The four majors are there. They're absolutely on a pedestal and they, they should forever be on a pedestal. There's no doubt about that. You know, I got my my U.S. Open tr trophy sitting behind me, and you know, to me, you know, that was that to to have won one of those. I may never get a chance to win another one, and that's incredibly disappointing. And you know, I think, yeah, you know, I made a comment in the media last week that you know, one of one of those for twenty three is to try not make headlines. And sure enough, you know, I made another one last week, but it was only a very small, but. <laughs> You know, I, I was saying I wasn't, I wasn't in the major championships this year, but you know, fourteen live events for the type of money that we're playing, and they're 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 like inverted common majors, like you know, like Phoenix last week. You know, I mean, the type of money that these guys that we're playing for nowadays is just insane. You know, it's they're it's major championship level cash, but we all know that they're not majors. You know, not even close because the four, the four special ones will always be the ones, and and I think. There's an ability within golf right now to make them just to, to make the pedestal higher, you know, to to be able to bring the best players in the world together four times a year. And I don't think that's enough for the fan, by the way. I feel like the fan needs to see the best players in the world come together more than four times a year. But, you know, there's there would be something unique and special about having those moments where we see who the best is. Right. The world ranking system right now, you know, it, it doesn't tell us potentially who the best is. The Scotty Scheffler the best player in the world he's pretty good yeah absolutely is cam smith better than him unfortunately we don't know anymore which which is disappointing for the fan right you know it's you know the world ranking system is a little defunct right now and, and until we do something about it or you know just acknowledge the fact that it, there is no real solution um that you know we're going to have to try and get creative to work out how to get the best players together more often um so you know, getting back, I'm deviating big time, getting back to the question. Um, what does live need to change uh, to, uh, would I change anything? No, I, I really don't think I would change anything. I think I would maybe bring a little bit more of, of the match play element to, into live. I don't think necessarily we, we maybe need 13, 54 whole events followed by a match play team championship. I think we have an ability to be more creative than that, perhaps. Uh, and again, it's a startup company and I will all sit down in the room on our first event next week in Mexico and we'll probably discuss where we're at, where we're going. And, you know, uh, it, it is a great players forum. They, they do listen, they do communicate with the players, they care about what the players think. Um, so I, I guess to me, Liv has its place in the sport with the four majors, with whatever else is created around it. And to me, every week doesn't have to be seven to a whole tournament. It doesn't have to be there. You know, I love the tradition of the sport. You know me, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I believe in the pureness of the sport. I love the traditions. I love the history. I love everything. Um, you know, 
Liv's not trying to create, it's not trying to replace the great tournaments in the game. It's trying to be an add-on. It's trying to be additive. It's trying to be complementary to everything that happens to try and give the fans something new, something different. And to me, I still believe that. I really do. Um, the four majors will be the special, the special ones, the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup. I mean, they're something, you know, very different. And and to me, I think Liv's trying to Im- embrace, embody more of the Ryder Cup, President's Cup atmosphere and, 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 you know, camaraderie and, and fan engagement, trying to create something in the middle. Uh, this is the first time I call bullshit on you because you don't want to start on a 232-yard part three. <laughs> So, are, you, are, you, are you getting after the shotgun? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, I, mean, I mean, come on. If, if you look up and you go, I'm starting on six. That's 232 into it, into the puff. Yeah. Are you asking me to watch shotgun? No, no, I, I have to say there's no doubt. The shotgun element has taken some time, get some, some getting used to. Um, you know, I'm the kind of like, my warm-up routine, I'm the kind of guy that likes to fall off the range with about seven minutes to go to my tea time and roll under the first tee, about three minutes to go. You know, ask my caddy, uh, he's got many gray hairs to show for it, um, trying to get me to the first tee. You know, and, and you know, in live, you, you have to you have to be jumping on a golf cart with 20 minutes before your tee time to get yourself shuttled out to like a 232-yard par three with water right into the wind, and, and that's your first swing of the day, right? So... There's no doubt it's it, that's taking some getting used to, and you know would I would I change that? Um, I, I I I embrace it for what it is because it's 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 unique and it's what creates the whole you know four and a half hours of golfing window you know as opposed to the right, eight ten hours of golfing window right so I embrace it for what it is. Do I like it? No, um, but. Uh, Oh, it, it's it's a unique element of what we do. I, again, because because it's so different in the game of golf, you know, and it, it resembles a pro arm. It re- resembles some kind of Mickey Mouse type golf that people are like, oh, a shotgun, you know, how, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense from the idea of what we're trying to create. But it's um, it it is something very different. Um, well, I, you know, we do have the ability to potentially go two two tees um, with you know five or six slots on each tee, how many 48 players, 24, that would be tee times on each side. We potentially could go, go two tees and go a little bit more traditional with our tee times. But um, I don't know, again, I'll, up for debate and I'll, I'll let them know what your opinion is. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um, a couple other things. The, the um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the Ryder Cup. Uh, you mentioned television. Look, a couple networks have already made a run at you. Um, you have the gift of gab. I've always said you either can't, you can either do it or you can't. Doesn't mean you can't get better. Uh, you're going to have a television job. Uh, who knows? Uh, I think there was a very reasonable possibility you could have been the captain of the European Ryder Cup team at a dare manner. Those are lofty things, particularly the latter one. Um, that's hard to digest. And look, forever is a long time. I'm not saying any of these things are still not achievable. You know, a lot of life changes constantly, but that's a hard thing to digest, is it not? To be able to be walking away from opportunities like yes. that. Yeah, I, I guess I had to 
I had to get sort of really, really kind of down deep with my logic and just say those are not guaranteed. Those things are not givens. No one is no one is writing me a check right now and saying, you know, you're going to walk into this TV deal, you know, as soon as you're done. I, I had to I had to just get very. I had to reason with myself and 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 say, would I love to be the Ryder Cup captain in Ireland in in, in 27? I picture myself standing there on the stage giving the opening speech looking at my team behind me. I mean, beatable, you know, I'm, I got to tear my eye just thinking about it. Um, but that wasn't a guarantee. It wasn't a given. I was potentially going to be against Westwood and Justin Rose for that, for that uh, Ryder Cup. But say Liv hadn't come along. Yeah. Foot had turned Rome down. So now he was looking at 27 because Poulter was going to take 25 and Beth Page Black. He said that eight years ago, wanted to get in a fight with Mickelson on the stage and, you know, in New York City. And I mean, to me, you know, I haven't really thought about it. That may be one of the most, you know, fundamental dissonant things that may come out of this whole thing that we don't get to see Phil versus Poulter and Beth Page Black. You know, that's probably won't happen now. Probably won't. Probably won't. If we were betting men, which we are, we'll probably bet bet at the under on that, unfortunately. So, you know, if Liv doesn't come along, I go to 27, and now I'm up against Westwood and Rose at a Dare Manor. Westwood is one of the most decorated European Tour players of all time. One of the largest Ryder Cup points, if not the largest Ryder Cup points winner of all time. So I'm going against him, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure I'm necessarily winning this job, you know? So this is the type of reasoning that I had to go through in my head. Um, So... But there's 29, you know, there's 31. You, ha- you look, you know, you mentioned live in America. I, I always think that there is, you know, sometimes there's a captain that there's an affinity uh, that the road game makes a lot of sense. And I think that it makes, look, 27 and you makes a lot of sense. But you in America makes a lot of sense uh, as well. The fact is, is that that may not happen. And I look, saw you in 08. Uh, you know, t- 10, you had the moment. You had the moment of moments when the cauldron gets stirred and all of a sudden you're in the middle of that cauldron, which you were with Hunter Mahan. And then all of a sudden you're shepherding along the greatest player of the next generation in Rory. And I'm not trying to make you weepy here, but that's, that's heady stuff. That's why you hit all these balls. That's why you mm-hmm. do all this stuff. That's why you leave your family every day for these opportunities. No doubt. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, that was probably, you know, these two or three things we're talking about were probably the most difficult. They were the things that kept me awake at night as to whether I thought I was making the right decision or not. Um, and I guess, again, going back to just trying to be logical about the whole thing, I, like we said, it's not forever. Okay. You know, is the game of golf going to be fractured forever? Am no, I going the answer is be- no. The answer is no. Am I going to be cast out onto the island of, 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 you know, golf rebels? You know, is my reputation in this sport that I spent 20 years cultivating, is that, is that gone forever? You know, and I, and I have to believe that no is the answer because I, I you know, I feel like the give the sport of golf, the wholeness of it has to, has to come back um, at some point down the road, you know, do I expect that, you know, what are my chances greatly reduced now of ever being a part of a Ryder Cup team in any, in, in any kind of uh, level? 
yeah, of course they're greatly reduced. Um, yeah, listen, it, it was a difficult one, and and uh, if I if I'm old and grey and seventy five old and I look back and I never had the shot, I never had, I never captained a, a European team. I will be incredibly, I will be incredibly disappointed. But um, I, you know, I, I balanced all these things up. I weighed all these things up. It, it was a, it was a very complex equation. And at the end of the day, you know, had to look at, the, I had to look through the short term uh, lens. I had to, you know, I had TV, comp, you know, I had TV deals kind of knocking on my door. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to hang the clubs up. And I, and well, you've I had, had your, you've kept them, you've kept television at arm, arm's length for a while, um, because, I, and I'm not trying to disclose anything that is too sensitive, but, and this makes perfect sense. Like it's like there's a concession there if you do this. It's like if I do this, like first of all, if I'm going to be there, damn it, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be in the field. I do this, there's a concession, but then you face the mortality of 43 and it gets closer. And the reality is that it, you know it was going to be there. You know it was going to be there. For sure. Um, and I guess, like I said, at the end of the day, I wasn't ready to hang the clubs up. Um, and contrary to what anyone thinks, I'm not showing up 14 live events this year, taking my paycheck and going home. Like, I still believe that I'm good enough. I still believe that I can win golf tournaments. I still believe that I can compete at any level. And, and I mean, that's, you know, the, you know, the competitor inside me, um, you know, live has been a shot in the arm or guys like me and Ian Poulter, because all of a sudden there is nothing but upside and we're not resting on our laurels and just taking the minimum and going home. That's not what we're there for. Um, you know, so, the energy I have, the motivation that I have in my game right now, and, and you know, tr you know, trying to go out this year and have a big year, you know, I'm I'm as charged up as I have been in a while about about playing golf, you know, and um, and like I say, I wasn't ready to hang the clubs up because I still I still love competing, and and you know, going back to what we talked about at the start of the start of this conversation, you know, I always viewed my road as as quite long, you know, I I've been. This is my 21st year on tour um, that I, you know, the senior tour. I'm not sure I ever viewed myself kind of playing in the cart in my 50s, you know, out there grinding 30 weeks a year. I, you know, I'm not talking about that, but I still, you know, as I sat here this time last year as a 42-year-old, I still viewed, you know, my 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 runway of competitive golf. I, I viewed it for another three or four years because I still believe I'm good enough to do it. I and, mean, you know, if I don't feel like I'm good enough to win, um, that'll be the time when I have to be reflective and think about what I'm going to do next. But I'm not there yet. I still think I'm good enough to win. And, and, and that's, that's the key. And that's what keeps driving me. And that's what gets me up every morning and, and keeps me, you know, working hard at my craft. Um, um, you know, this whole, you know, do I, do I love the fact that my schedule this year is so predictable and I know where I'm going to be and I can plan time you know spend time with my family typically if i was moving into a pga tour year this year or european tour year and i'm you know, ranked what 350th the world or wherever i am right now which you know i used to flip the owgr.com on a monday morning get all frisky and excited about where i'd moved to but you know those those days are unfortunately gone because of where we're at from a world rankings point of view you know my last four or five worldwide starts from a world ranking point of view have actually been okay but you know obviously 
the deterioration of not making the lip really hurts hurts the bottom line but um what was i saying there um but you know the predictability of my schedule is, is pretty nice this year i will try and qualify for the us open which i have done every year since my exemption ran out I, I happen to win the only major that doesn't give you you know an invite back you know pretty much for lifetime i'm not sure how the usga came up with that one maybe they decided because that's that, who they are just, graham that's who that's, they are I guess, <laughs> I guess so i guess the us open is just a little bit more brain damage than, than the other ones perhaps <laughs> and they don't want to subject uh, you know 55 year olds to that but uh you know i'll try and qualify for the us open like i have every year um and you know potentially play the scottish open if the dp world tour thing goes the way we hope it will go and the Scottish Open will be my only way into the British Open. Aside from that, you know, there's not too many question marks in my schedule. You know, normally I'd be coming out, you know, trying to qualify for this, that, and the other, and trying to move my world ranking and trying to get into all these different events and having a bunch of question marks on my schedule. This year is incredibly predictable. Uh, I've got a lot of great stuff to plan, and I'm fired up, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to a big year. All right, let me get you out of here with these five quick questions. Um, you're a restaurant owner two excellent restaurants, but what is the best restaurant not in the United States or the British Isles? It's your favorite restaurant around the world. That's a great, great, great question. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing some Miyazaki beef at the Dunlop Phoenix. There's like a teppanyaki restaurant in the hotel. I'm not sure you've been to the Dunlop Phoenix, but uh, <laughs> just the, beef is, the beef is just spectacular. Uh, yeah, so I like Japanese cuisine, so I'd probably go with that one. Uh, I think it's it's called uh, it's called Fukumi, and I think that's what you say when you get the bill as well. You go Fukumi because <laughs> <laughs> it's about you know fifty dollars like an ounce of this Miyazaki beef. It's it wrapped pretty quick. All right, the the best book you are reading or just finished? Um, best book or reading or just finished? Um, I'll be, the David Goggins autobiography was one that i that i uh, just got done with um he's a very interesting guy to me um i love a lot of what he talks about um i actually just carried a book with me on my two-week trip there to um saudi and oman it was called ceo excellence and i um, didn't even turn the first page of it it just came with me in my travel sat beside my bed and then came home again <laughs> but no Dave, david goggins autobiography i've actually got his new one as well he he's a he's a very interesting guy i love a lot about i love his his mantras and and he's a really interesting guy all right the uh, the sporting event you want to go to in the next year you've never been to um bucket listers i mean world cup final in new york uh, you know that's obviously not going to be for four years uh, 26 i've got my eye on that one We'll get to another Super Bowl. I got to be honest with you. I, um, you know, my my, my little boy's going to be seven this year. Want to get him into some NFL and maybe take him him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's too, but that's Bowl too bougie. Year. That's too bougie. You need to bougie. you need to you need to take him like like go to Lambo in November. Yeah, you know you go. that that's yeah, what yeah, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you got to start him in the Botman workup, right? You say November Lambo Field. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll that'll teach. Me. Yeah, flurries. You know, you're you're in a little bedroom community. You're like, you're, you you got to be kidding me. One of the great franchises in all the sports plays in this this little neighborhood. Um, you, yeah, plus, yeah, you'd exactly. be into that. You'd be into that. I get the Super Bowl part. All right, what is yeah, the maybe 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 the Ryder Cup in Rome? Can you get me tickets? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. What, what is the one, what profession would you have liked to have tried? Um, like as in uh, as a sporting profession? No, no, no. Any profession. Toll booth collector or, or collector. actuary, anything. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I was an engineer at school. I really had no idea what I was going to do with it. Um, yeah, probably some sort of aerospace engineer. That's pretty lofty. F-35s. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say TV commentator. You can probably still do that. All right, last Maybe. thing. What is your favorite sound? My favorite sound? Probably the ball hitting the bottom of the cup. It's a good one. It's you a good those one. those ones in Japan that go... Ding, 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 ding. And you can hear it from like 400 <laughs> yards away back in the fairway. Yeah. I'd say, you know, the favorite song. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably the ball hitting the bottom of the cup. It's a good song. Never gets old. Um, Especially when it's down, downhill left to right. You've made a few of those. Was the one at Sherwood left to right when you told Stevie Williams to put the bib back on? <laughs> yeah, that was about, that was a couple of cups left to right, about 25 <laughs> feet. I can still pretty much see that puck. It's weird, you know? I can see it in my, in my, in my, in my mind. Yeah, that was a nice one. Yeah, no bit back on Stevie. No I'm, that's doubt. one of those. I'm not even sure if I did say that to Stevie, but I, I definitely thought it. Yeah, I, no you, you've it told me you didn't, but I like the fact that everyone thinks you did. So we'll just let the myth well, I, live. I, to, be, to be honest with you, I've heard the story so many times that I'm actually starting to doubt my own memory of whether I did or not. So uh, I may just have to go with it. I did. Why not? Hey, listen, the next time you play competitive golf, you're going to a place you won at, uh, at Mayakoba. Uh, most importantly, uh, thank you for doing this. Um, best of the whole crew uh, right there in your, in your compound there. Uh, and I hope to see you sooner than later. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Gary. Sorry it's taken so long. You know, it's, uh, like we said, it's been a difficult time, but um, hopefully we're, we'd let the golf do the talking this year. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can catch up sooner rather than later. Best to you and the, and the family. We'll see you soon, man. Certainly appreciate Graham McDowell taking the time. This is taking some time uh, because it's been a challenge for any of these guys to to talk at length. Um, and I appreciate his willingness to not only do this, uh, but be full about it because that's kind of the way that he is wired. But most importantly, thank all of you for taking the time to watch and listen to this Five Clubs conversation. We'll see you next time.